everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jersey Church Podcast. I am Todd Smeltzer, and I'm here with Matt Reed. How's it going today, Mr. Reed? I am I am doing all right, Todd. I am having a great week, and you know we are we are getting through post-election stuff, so people aren't talking about the election as much. So that makes me a little bit more happy. There um, you go. Yes, yes, it uh, has been uh, fairly consuming, let's say. Yes. So, without a <laughs> doubt, better than the election today. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. So, what well, today's episode is part two of how people grow. And one of the, uh, I think it was a whole section, we have so many notes uh, to, uh, to review and just don't know how much we're gonna be able to get on in any one episode and how much we want it. And one of the things that we left off last time, we just ran out of time with, is the fact that you know when it comes to, uh, to growing, when it comes to uh, being transformed, that that God is in charge. I mean, God's really in charge of everything, uh, including our growth. And certainly uh, that in saying that, we realize that we are not as a result. So to, today's focus is really on God's part in helping people grow. Right. And, and really walking through this, this idea that, that people really need to discover that, that God is for them and not against them. And that's and we say discover that because it's it's at face value that's a uh, that's a statement that is a uh, a truth that we would look at and and all I'm sure nod our heads say oh yeah we agree with that you know and yet we find ourselves in circumstances in life where that uh, may not be quite as clear and and I think one of the biggest obstacles in that is our overall view of God and so. You know, Matt, one of the things we were talking about as we were prepping for today is this idea of viewing God through grace and not the law. Yes. Yeah. And and what I love about, um, and that's how we, we got that right out of uh, How People Grow by Cloud and Townsend. Um, what I love about that is, you know, grace is unmerited favor, right? Grace is undeserved. Uh, the, the idea that somebody likes you and you don't deserve it. Somebody wants to bless you and you don't deserve it. And I think that often we look at grace as just um, a gift for salvation, meaning like, you know, we're, we're saved by grace, which is true. But then it's almost like grace then kind of disappears into the background as you begin to follow Jesus and, and it begins to become a law. You know, like, well, if I do these things, then I'm going to grow. You know, it becomes, I think a better word for us today is a, a formula. You know, we, we would, nobody in their head says, well, I'm going to set a law and I'm going to follow it. But what we do set in our heads is, well, I, there's the formula. And if I follow the formula, then I'm going to grow in Christ. And, and I think there are, you know, at times there's good things to a formula, you know, like reading a Bible, going to church, being around other Christians. But, um, but with grace, grace is not just for the moment of salvation. Grace is an everyday occurrence that of God giving us blessing, giving us um, gifts that we may walk 
and honor him. And, and I, I love that idea just because it, it helps us then go, um, okay, so what do I do today? Well, God's going to give you the grace to know what to do. What do I do in this situation? Well, God's going to give you the grace to know what to do in this situation. Like he's not just using his grace or his favor to bring you into a relationship with him. It's, it's, he uses it to sustain that relationship and make it stronger and closer, which as opposed to the law, which is what we would say is, uh, you know, it's, it's a, you almost like go from being saved by grace and then trying to figure it out on your own, which is what the whole book of Galatians is about. Right. You know, Paul's talking about, you know, you started in the spirit. Now you're trying to finish in the law. You, you turn from the grace of God to a formula. Um, but, you know, I, I guess with the, the formula, the idea of, of grace versus the law. Um, you know, I don't know, Todd, what are your with what I just said there? What are your thoughts with that? What do you think? You know, where my mind went, especially in preparation, is I'm sure, I mean, many of our listeners, including you and I, uh, have heard this definition of grace in terms of unmerited favor potentially many times over in our life. You know, and and I think with anything else, it can be um, uh, sort of a given that we, we understand that. And I think what is it? Familiarity breeds contempt or, or, you know, once we become familiar with something, we just, you know, feel like, okay, we've got that. And, and yeah, what, what struck me about uh, this particular episode and in, in our notes is, uh, is the fact that, that we are, God has given us favor, mm-hmm. nothing that we've earned, nothing that we could do anything about and nothing that we could, uh, you know, the reverse that form and then say, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm going to earn favor with God. No, nothing about what, uh, uh, what you and I could live out on a day in a day out basis is going to result in grace. It's already been, been given. And so to think that each morning I wake up and God is uh, favorable towards me, you know, just you know, out of his grace, out of his mercy, out of his love for me. And it is, wow, that I think we have to be reminded of that over and over and over because so much about uh, the world's economy and the uh, formulas that the rest of the world works on. And really, for that matter, every other religion would be that what we do is going to earn that. And flipping that paradigm, I think it's one thing to look at that statement, say, yes, I believe in that, uh, but to be reminded of it, to sort of sink our hearts and minds into what a blessing that is. You know, one of the verses that that we uh, had put down was, you know, John 1, 16. And this idea, many different uh, versions say, uh, you know, we've been given grace upon grace. And, but the NIV uh, puts it this way, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. <laughs> you know, I just love, you know, it was just a different way of saying grace upon grace. Uh, but that idea, okay, you've already been given grace, uh, but I'm going to, uh, I think other places in scripture talks about, you know, being lavished with grace. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost to the point that it's like this, we're so undeserving. And yet in that, I think it, it helps us work from a 
totally different perspective. Instead of earning, we uh, uh, we work from a, a foundation that we've already been given. And this is so overwhelming that we can't help but follow him and grow in him. Yeah. And it's, so it's interesting. Luke 17. Uh, I, so I read this like a month ago in my devotions and it has really stuck with me. It keeps coming to the top. But in that in this in the first part of Luke 17, uh, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. So he talks about faith, having the faith disciple must receive. But then he said, it's like right after it, he goes, you know, who of you who has a servant uh, and the servant works in the field all day, when the servant comes back, you say, hey, you know, sit down, servant, take a load off. I'll go make dinner. No, what they what they would do is if they had a servant, when that servant got to the house after working all day, they'd look at the servant and they'd say, hey, go make my dinner. You know, it's time for me to eat. And what Jesus was saying is, is we're the servants that you know, it doesn't matter that we go out and do all this stuff, you know, for Jesus. It's, it's, it doesn't raise our level of uh, worth in his eyes. Like he already views us as servants, but even at the end of the day, we're unworthy servants who are saved by grace. And, and so it's not what we do that has God's grace grow for us, but it's just that we're his servants to begin with. And I love that idea because I think that we go, yeah, Lord, increase my faith so that I can do greater things for you. But in the back of our mind, what we're saying is so that I can impress you and you can love me a little bit more. And what God is saying, he's like, I've already given you all the grace you need and nothing you do is going to make me love you more. Like you're as valuable to me now as you were even before you were unsaved. Um, and I give you grace every day. Now, it's also interesting um, that with grace though, it's hard for us to receive that because we're so, uh, we're so yeah. works focused. We so have that formula, that law that we want to follow. And that's how America works. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we do the right things and then we become rich and famous, right? Like that's what the American dream is. Um, but I love, I love what, um, A.W. Tozer said in his book, Knowledge of the Holy, where he said, if we just believed that we dwelled under a friendly sky, you know, it, it, he was talking about God's goodness. He's saying, gosh, if we just believe that we dwelled under a friendly sky, we'd see that doing works would not bring us to something greater, but instead just believing in a good God. And what I love about that is, uh, and what they talk about and how people grow, what Clown Townsend talk about is in order to fully receive grace, we have to come to the end of ourselves and receive it. So it's almost like we have to be able to look and say, well, I tried this to grow and it didn't work. I tried this to grow and it didn't work. I tried this to grow and it didn't work. And I still have this gnawing sin, right? Like, and we all have those sins that we've worked on and we've worked on, but they just don't seem to be getting better. And what God is really saying is, well, you're trying to do it according to your law and your formula, not by my grace, but it's God's grace that changes us. Um, so I don't know, Todd, you know, I, I felt like we kind of transitioned there and I felt like that's, we have this idea of unmerited favor that we always receive, but there's this idea of really receiving it. You know, we received it for salvation, but now we have to receive it for growth. And, and what, I mean, what do you think, how do you think that looks and what do you think that looks like? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think practically speaking, I think, I think what it looks like is, um, is, coming to grips with we are going to fail. And if we're still under the law, then, you know, we're going to think that, uh, wow, God is just going to, he's going to get me on that one. 
You know, he, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of time until something bad happens. You know, I can't believe I did that, you know, and, and as if all of that is up to us, but grace is no, we, we come to a heavenly father who, who loved, you know, it's just like after, you know, one of our kids just screws up royally, you know, and do, you know, do we come to them in a, in a, uh, a fit of rage that is, is just ready to pounce on them because of what they've done? No, I mean, we love them. We want them to learn from that. And, and we are there to help them. And so this, this idea reminds me of, you know, Paul in Second Corinthians 12, where, uh, you know, speaking to this grace being sufficient for him. And, and because of that, he, he gladly boasts in his, you know, insufficiencies, in his weaknesses. And that's a hard thing for us to do. I mean, none of us want to admit that uh, we don't have all the answers yeah. or, or reveal those aspects of ourselves that, uh, that we recognize, oh, boy, you know what? Uh, people might think I know what I'm doing here, but, but honestly, it is only by the grace of God. You know that this worked out, or that this moved forward, or that I've been transformed in this way, and uh, and so I think practically speaking, you know, at times, you know, in an, in an RD setting, you know, if we equate this to to, uh, to discipleship and disciple making, it's uh, it's being authentic and letting people know when wow, there is just an area of weakness that that. I need help with, you know, and, uh, and I need God's grace and I need other people praying for me. So I think there's that side. And then there's the confrontation side, which none of us like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't meet too many people who are, who are wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I can't wait to confront somebody today. You know, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love conflict. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm just on the lookout for the first person that I can, uh, that I can confront. I mean, no one wakes up that way. And so, and yet how important uh, that is when we when we see someone not being authentic or transparent, clearly doing something in their own strength, and how much we need. And you and I have talked about. I know you've brought this many times in past episodes. How crucial it is to have somebody in our life that is going to speak truth in, into our life, and it's going to point that out when it's a potential blind spot, yeah. or we just don't realize that. Yeah, I said I've given this over, Lord, and uh, but uh, I'm really acting like and doing everything uh, as if it is still up to me. So, so I think the authenticity comes to mind as well as the confrontation comes to mind. Yeah, and it's in that confrontation. It's it's interesting because, uh, like you said, we don't nobody likes it, and so to have people in our lives that are willing to do it with us. Um, man, that's, uh, that's asking a lot of trust. And so there is this idea of not just, well, it's trusting God going, okay, I believe that your grace is real. So I believe that I can come to you with my weaknesses, my failures, and you're still going to love me, but then also presenting it to people. And it scares me. I don't really necessarily like doing it. There are times where I felt like I needed to admit to, to something I've done or, or have not done well. And of course, you know, the devil wants to tempt you to just, you know, keep your mouth shut and keep moving forward. And, and, and I mean, when we do that though, uh, it's, it's actually, you remove an opportunity for somebody to be Jesus to you Mm -hmm. because 
Uh, and, and I mean, you, I'm not saying you do this frivolously, like you don't just admit your deepest, darkest struggles with somebody, but, uh, that you don't know well, or, or that maybe isn't trustworthy, but when you do it with somebody trustworthy, uh, you give them an opportunity to be Jesus to you. And when they begin to speak the truth, um, as somebody who's filled with the Holy spirit, somebody who the spirit indwells in and, and therefore they, they have the ability to speak the words of Jesus to you. Um, that's just, a, it's a really beautiful thing. And that's where growth comes. But man, it's almost like the older we get, uh, when I was young, wasn't a big deal, right? Like I did that through college. I did it through seminary. Um, but it was like the older I got, the harder that became. Uh, yeah. I think some of that is your friendships change because you have kids and you get married. But I think some of that is you get, um, you can lose more, right? You know, yeah. when you're young in college, you don't have much to lose, but um, so yeah. yeah. But I, I think we see this a lot in Jesus. So, but yeah, and I, I think I think that's a perfect segue into uh, you know one of the real quick one of the other application points that we had jotted down that I think is helpful here is is the book says find the confrontation you need and the people who will give you the real uh, give you reality through uh, whatever consequences or. Um, uh, whatever approach that is needed. And it's not easy to do. And, and yet if we're discipling well, that, uh, that should be coming out as, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads. So, so yes, uh, do we need to seek the Lord and uh, see him through his grace and not the law? Absolutely. Do we need to realize that, that he is a God of grace, but we recognize that, that, will not come easily and we're going to have to depend upon Jesus for our growth. Right. And if, and if I, I, it's almost like that passage in, and I can't remember if it's first Corinthians or second Corinthians, but one where Paul says, uh, you know, uh, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. Um, I think that's true in ministry. You know, we always use that as pastors saying, well, Hey, we can't, um, you know, we can't, you know, it's God causes the growth. We can't cause people to grow. But I also think it's true for yourself that people plant stuff in you, people water it, but it's always God who causes you to grow. Um, and you can even plant stuff in yourself and you can either water stuff in yourself, but, but God is the one who causes the growth. So having that relationship with him is, is key. And, and I think we have Jesus as our kind of our number one example, um, you know, that, that how he walked on this earth. Um, and so I don't know, Todd, as you, as you think of Jesus and how he walked on this earth, what are, what are some things you think of in, in accordance with just this conversation as we got it going? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, John 15 is probably the first thing that comes to mind is, is abiding in Christ, remaining in him. And, and outside of that, nothing good is going to happen. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, our bet. I mean, if Paul can say anything outside of Christ is filthy rags, uh, then certainly anything that uh, that you or I are going to do outside of Christ uh, is is really worthless. And that's hard to say. You know, even as I was trying to voice those words, it's like anything outside of him, I'm just completely worthless. And and that sounds harsh it sounds uh like it's over the top and uh and yet that is is clearly what we see in scripture and so i think one of the things that we should be on the lookout for is is how connected am i are the people that we're walking uh out disciple making with 
how connected are they to the indwelling uh, Christ? How close is that relationship? You know, how um, often do we hear ourselves or, or others, you know, bringing him up, uh, relying upon him, depending upon him for uh, really for all of life? You know, whether it's decisions or uh, guidance or direction. And so those are just, you know, some of the things off the top of my head. So, yeah. Uh, I love what you went there with, you know, how often are you bringing them up? I, I think it's, it's telling. Um, I, I've had, I, I work with young adults. And so I've had a lot of conversations with young adults, college students about the future. And it gets really interesting when you ask them, you know, how you feel about the future. Most of them would say they're anxious. They're, they're, they're worried. They're scared. And as you talk to them, uh, it's, it's interesting that Jesus often does not come up because they're they're trying to figure things out on their own they're trying to figure out a path and and you and sometimes i just want to grab by the shoulders and look at him and say look if you just spend time with jesus he's probably going to tell you what you need to do you know he you know the john 16 says we have the counselor inside of us who guides us in the way of jesus who speaks the truth of christ to us and it's and if we really believe that then we need to take time and and search that out and and I think that God does speak it. Um, and because I mean, I've been, I, I just, it's been interesting uh, through the Corona. Everybody's talking about mental health uh, issues, and I think that's a real thing. I think some of it is though that maybe some people who were on the fence with following the Lord during the Corona have lost all encouragement to do it. And so, yes, their life has gotten more anxious because they're not reaching out to the Lord. Uh, and again, that's not negating real uh, mental health issues. You know, that's at all. Um, but I, I just do a lot of thinking on that because I've got a lot of young adults who are anxious, but I think they're anxious, uh, not necessarily because they're struggling with uh, mental health, but because they're not seeking the Lord's uh, guidance. And so, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think how, how quick we are to forget that there is no one or nothing that, that we are going to go to or depend upon that has experienced any greater suffering than Christ. Right. And, yeah. and how many times in the scriptures go, scripture goes back to the point that, uh, that, that he under, because of what he went through, he can relate to us in every way. He can uh, respond to us. He provided the perfect example, you know, through his word and, and what it looks like uh, to follow after uh, him and under under just the most extreme of difficulties, you know, that would eventually, you know, cost him his life. And, and so recognizing that suffering is a part of life for all of us. Yes. You know, my, my wife was a counselor and, and one of the things I've heard her say uh, you know, many times over in, in her approach at times is, is just normalizing suffering. Yeah. You know, helping people see and, and be reminded of that that life is uh, a huge component of life is, is suffering. You know, I mean, there's just no way to escape that. And no matter how many different avenues we go down or things we try, we are not going to escape suffering. And, and should we look any place else for a temporary fix or uh, uh, in, in lieu of the one and only that understands it and, uh, and can provide the help, uh, and the relationship needed to uh, to get through it uh, 
in a way that nothing else or no one else could. Yeah, and 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 I, I love that 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 idea that um, that you know Jesus is the solution, and you know we we try to go to other places to take the pain away. That's normal. That is normal, right? Like it's normal to suffer, and it's normal for us to go. Well, I don't like this, so I'm going to do something to make myself feel better. But we often pick things that it's funny. It's funny whenever we don't pick Jesus, we always pick things that lead us away from Jesus, right? Like. You know, I mean, you can pick uh, things from as severe as drugs, alcohol, and pornography down to overeating, over-serving at the church, over, um, you know, over-parenting your kids, you know, like, you know, finding your, your worth in how your kids are doing, right? Like, you can do that whole thing. Some are uh, look objectively good, and some look objectively bad, but they're all not Jesus. And so when we suffer, you know, turning to Jesus is, is always the best because he's the one who went through suffering and did it perfectly and has the power uh, and the wisdom to help you do that as well. And, and I also think there's this idea that, um, that, you know, we do suffer and, but that is part of growth, right? Like uh, we had one of our, our church elders here said the other day that, that um, change and comfort don't go together. You when, when you're wanting to change, you won't be comfortable. And that's part of the process as well. Uh, and so that's where, you know, having a relationship with Jesus, when you're trying to change, it's almost like you're putting yourself in pain. Like we talked about running, what was it last week? You're trying to change, you're trying to get more in shape, so you start to run, well running hurts. And so when you're doing that, you know, having Jesus with you in it, uh, and having friends that love Jesus and will give you good godly wisdom, you know, those relationships, uh, you have to lean into them. You have to trust them because your flesh will say, I want nothing to do with this. And so you might do well for a while, but eventually the pain will become so bad, you won't be able to handle it on your own. And yeah. uh, you have to turn to those relationships. So, But then when you do, growth comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how many times I have to go back to you know how the Great Commission uh, concludes. It's just remembering that he will be with you always. You know, as we make disciples, uh, he will be through you always, you know, until the end of the age. And, and you know, one of the, the points of application here to, to conclude this section is, is, you know, examining our assumptions about the role of Jesus in your growth. And look at any tendencies, I thought this was interesting, any tendencies to see him only as Savior, you know, just involved in our, our uh, uh, experience in coming to know Christ and, and being born again spiritually, uh, to, uh, to not involve in your life today? You know, are there any tendencies just to look at him as savior, uh, but not depending upon him in the here and now? So, uh, well, once again, we have uh, too many notes and too many bullet points left. Uh, we, we had uh, the role of the Holy Spirit down as well, but we will, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, lead up, we'll lead off with the Holy Spirit next week. And, yeah, I think it's good because you never want to leave the Holy Spirit out. And, and I feel like he's like the one who always gets left out, right? So, <laughs> so we promise we're going to come back to that and we're going to make a, a note right now. And that's how we'll lead off next time. So, Reed, if you were to wrap us up today, what, uh, what closing thought would you leave us with? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we just remember that uh, we start out with grace versus the law, that grace is the gift from God even for your day-to-day -day living. But you have to come to the end of yourself and receive that grace. You have to realize that you can't do it. 
that only God's grace uh, can, can help you grow. Uh, and actually, sorry, one last verse here is 1 Corinthians 15, 10. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. And mm. so it's like by God's grace, that, that continual grace, we are who we are. And, and so that's where it starts is, are you going to receive God's grace daily? Uh, but then also, are you going to have relationships in your life, first with Jesus and then with other believers that are going to be uh, encouragers to you to continue to do the right thing? Um, because change and growth hurt. You know, it's, it, they, they don't feel good. And our fleshly instinct will be to, uh, to push back. And we might be real disciplined and be able to push real far into it, but eventually you can only carry yourself so far and you need people around you. Uh, there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, take a friend. And I just, I love that because it's true. We need each other to, to travel. So, so that's how I conclude it. And then next week we'll, uh, we'll hit the Holy Spirit and maybe some other stuff. Um, but, you know, if you're loving this, I would encourage you to buy this book, How People Grow by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Thompson. Uh, Townsend, it's it's an excellent book, and to be honest, we really had to pare down what we put in today's podcast because they just have so much good stuff. So, uh, but hey, everybody, have a great week! Thanks for listening, and we will see talk to you next week. Take care.